Good morning. Great to be back with you again. So I'm wondering if I need to keep introducing myself, in case you don't know me. I'm Suzanne, I'm an elder here, and uh, you'll find out more as we go through today's sermon. So we'll, we'll leave that right there um, for this morning. But as Derek has been sharing with you, we're continuing the series on touch points. Uh, we've taken a break from the liturgical calendar over the summer to talk about basic principles of Christian living. And this week, our focus is community. Community. Now, I have to thank Derek. Uh, Over the summer, he's given me sermons that are in my wheelhouse. Last month, I talked about prayer, how prayer is communication. I'm a communications major score. Uh, This month, it is community. I work in a newsroom. We're all about community. Double score. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't have to stretch myself too much. Uh, But we're talking about community in a sense that you may not think about community today. So Metro Atlanta and North Georgia, right now we're going through something that we consider to be a community event. It's back to school time, believe it or not. And even if you don't have kids in school, it impacts you. Uh, You see the buses, it impacts your traffic, your daily patterns are affected. And then there's something that ties everyone together when we talk to back to school. It may even be that it just spurs memories in your mind, but it's something that we as a community can all talk about. But having a sense of community is different than living in community in the sense we're talking about today. You may or may not be familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as Derek and I discussed the topic via email this week, we discussed what many people tend to focus on. And it's where many of you may have gone when we read the scripture today. They go to the parts of the body. And then we discuss all the spiritual gifts and how we each have different spiritual gifts and we work together and we make a really strong body because I'm gifted in this and you're gifted in that. And while I believe that's true, what we're going to go deep on is starting with verse Verse 25. So let's read that again. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is part of it. When I read that this week, I wanted to sit in that for a bit and process what those verses include. Basically, for those verses to be accurate, it means this. No division, equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. It's beautiful, right? It seems too good to be true. Because we don't see that many places anymore, do we? I'd even go as far to say we don't even see that in the church all the time. But if we call ourselves Christians, it's how we're called to live. So how did we get where we are? And how do we get where we're supposed to be? Part of it is people are confusing the word connection with community. The community Paul referred to in this letter to the church in Corinth was deeper than just connecting. 
So Derek shared earlier on Instagram uh, that I wrote a book and I reached a deal with a publisher. The book, Fact Checking Your Jesus, focuses on life lessons I wish I learned in church. And instead, I learned many of those lessons in newsrooms. And I have a whole section on how generations leave the church and instead find connections elsewhere. So here's a bit of it. You're the first, by the way, to hear part of it. So here you go. So the fact of the matter is people do not have to depend on the church for connection, food, or care anymore. Gone are the days when the church prayer chain is the primary way of sharing concerns. Ways to connect are now found on neighborhood apps, social sites, and quick informal texts, transmitting needs and concerns. The result is the number of religious nuns, that is people who say they are not affiliated with any religion, has grown by, get this, nearly 30 million over the past decade. And while these nuns have no religious identity, they are engaged in community somewhere because we all need community. In 2017, a study in the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine determined that community is critical for good health. The authors wrote, social connection is a pillar of lifestyle medicine. Humans are wired to connect and this connection affects our health. From psychological theories to recent research, there is significant evidence that social support and feeling connected can help people maintain a healthy body mass index, control blood sugars, improve cancer survival, decrease cardiovascular mortality, decrease depressive symptoms, mitigate post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms, and improve overall mental health. The opposite of connection, social isolation, has a negative effect on health and can increase depressive symptoms as well as mortality. So, where do people think they're finding community? Research by Y-Pulse says Gen Z and millennials say they find it on social media, video games, work, and interest groups. They rank all of those higher than organized religion. Now, so many of you know my husband, Michael. You often see him playing drums or, or doing audio. He's the tall guy. Uh, before he became a believer, for many of you who are newer, you may not know, whenever I was here the first time at Christian Church Buckhead, Michael didn't come with me. He wasn't a believer um, at that point. And uh, he gave me some good insights into how some non-believers may view churches as a source of community for some, but not all. And it was while visiting my dad, as I share, and I'm going to share again, you know, he's a, he's a small country, southern Illinois pastor. And while visiting my parents' small country church, he said, I could see why people in small towns gravitate to churches for community and support. It was their link. And it made me think that Michael always felt community through our jobs. He also works in news. So our jobs that consumed us and the closeness we felt to our coworkers. That could be because we fill our holes in our hearts with things or people in the world. If we're not getting community in the church, we're going to look at other places and we're going to fill it with something else. But what Paul is referring to is this truth. Listen to this. The only truly satisfying healer is God, our Father. You see, a community tied to someone's job, fitness, or social media can become God's in and of themselves. We've all seen that. 
that friend or relative, or maybe even you, you worshiped what you turned to in your search for community and belonging. It was used as an attempt to fill a void that the community Paul wrote about can only fill. Theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote this. It's long, but hang in there because I think it's beautiful. The more genuine and the deeper our community becomes, the more will everything else between us recede. The more clearly and purely will Jesus Christ and his work become the only vital thing between us. We have, only, we have one another only through Christ, but through Christ we do have one another, holy and for all eternity. That dismisses once and for all every clamorous desire for something more. One who wants more than what Christ has established does not want Christian brotherhood. He is looking for some extraordinary social experience that he has not found elsewhere. He is bringing muddled and impure desires into Christian brotherhood. Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is instead a reality created by God and Christ in which we may participate. So how do we live in that kind of community? How do we answer what we're invited to? It starts by following the two greatest commandments. You find those in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. You know them. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on those two commandments. If we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, then we're not replacing him with other gods. And if we love our neighbor as ourselves, we can prop them up when they are weak and celebrate with them when they celebrate. So Thursday evenings, I leave work early. The entire newsroom knows it, which I think is cool. It's parish group night at our house. Parish group, small group, community group, connect groups, different churches call them different things. We're parish group here. The current North Brookhaven parish group is about to start our third year together. They may be the ones who led that applause earlier. These are pics of us over the past three years. Now, a few things to note about this group, besides the fact that we are the best parish group ever. I am not sure any of you who know us would have picked the members of this group to hit it off as well as we did. But we have. And let me tell you a few things that makes this group of people beautiful. We like to eat. As you see, I put two of our best spreads over there. Uh, and over the past few years, we've gotten better about knowing what each other likes or can't eat, even though I'm still the worst at that, but I'm getting better. Uh, we work in different fields, yet share each other's work struggles every week. We've met family members of each other as they visited. We have a text chain that goes off about something nearly every week, a birthday, a prayer request, or even just something funny. The past two summers, we've still gathered, but you know what? I, as the leader, didn't organize a single one of those gatherings. They all started with one of the members texting in that chain saying something like, I miss you guys, we need to get together. We've been together for job changes, medical scares, 
welcoming of a temporary member from Italy, and then we had to say goodbye. We've been together for a parent's death and a baby's birth. They no longer knock on my door. They open the kitchen drawers in my refrigerator without asking, and I find that very beautiful. Now, if you don't like that, don't let that hinder you from ever leading. Just saying, I'm okay with it. I was thinking about that. Some people like who have better boundaries than I may like that may make nervous. I find that beautiful and welcome it. Uh, we've had great studies where we challenged our faith and had nights where we taught each other sushi go and exploding kittens. Some of the best nights. Most Sundays when the group members aren't all serving, most of them sit together right over there. We're not just friends. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a community deeper than a connection to a hobby or goal. Our connection is the one who wants something more for us. It mirrors what the early church did. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It goes on to say that more were added to the number every day. I think it's because they saw the goodness of living in community. So how do you experience something like that? First, you have to show up. So I'm not sure why this preacher's kid memory sticks with me, but it does. I remember my dad, pastor, coming home and talking to my mom about a church member he had visited. And my dad's old school. To this day, he'll say, I'm going to go calling today. Calling does not mean calling. Calling means showing up and knocking at the door and like going to see people. And that's what like he calls calling. And so I remember he was talking about somebody he went calling on that week. And it wasn't an active member or even a frequent attender. But I remember vividly who this person was. And I know he was related to many people who were very involved in the church. And the dinner conversation was... My dad recounting to my mom about how this man couldn't, he was so frustrated. He couldn't understand. He wasn't going to come anymore. He couldn't understand why the church didn't seem to notice his absence. And my dad quickly responded, well, you have to show up to be missed. You're not part of a community if you don't show up first. But then there's the step after showing up. It's the part that can be even harder for many. It's the part where you get rooted and grow. It's the part where the community flourishes because the body is acting as a body. It's when you surrender trying to fill the void with other things and instead turn to him and help each other do that by propping up part of the body when it needs it and while at the same time sometimes celebrating with another part of the body if there is something that needs to be celebrated. It's not about you. It's about living together in him. John chapter 15, verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said those words to his disciples. The people he had been living in community with. His friends. They had created memories. They had shared stories. They celebrated at weddings. 
They even got to see water turn to wine. They visited friends. They went to funerals. They prayed for the sick. We know from the backgrounds of the disciples that they were different. There were fishermen. There was a tax collector who threw a party, a zealot. There were some brothers and some women even traveled with them. They were diverse, but they had something in common that tied them together and helped them grow. They were followers of Jesus. When Jesus said, love each other as I have loved you, he wasn't just speaking to the disciples, he was speaking to us too. We're to love each other as he loved us. Propping each other up when we need some propping. Celebrating when we need to celebrate. And with our feet firmly rooted, we grow. And when we're doing that, the world outside, they'll see something different. Something that can't be replaced with a Peloton community or social media circle. True community. The type of community Paul is talking about where the members are rooted in something bigger than a fad. This room is full of awesome, awesome people. People who are living in community and are already growing. And if you don't feel like you are, I encourage you, join a parish group this fall, take one of the classes, volunteer, get to know your neighbor. Let yourself experience what God wants you to experience. Community. One lone tupelo stood against the iron weed, the golden rod that tamed our need for something other than fear.